streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, March 12th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We're going to start off with some basketball today, some Ohio State hoops. The Buckeyes in the Big Ten tournament yesterday, Jay Book, they held on for a 79-75 victory over Minnesota. Buckeyes moved to 19-9 on the season. They will play Purdue in the quarterfinals later today at 2 o'clock. Eastern Time, Big Ten Network. So Purdue's beaten Ohio State twice this year. So Ohio State gets a chance to exact revenge later today. Minnesota had won the only regular season matchup. So Ohio State uh, was able to get revenge on them. But man, it looked like it was going to be a blowout, Jay Book. Uh, looked like the Buckeyes were just going to run them off the court. And Minnesota almost, I don't want to say they almost won the game, but they sure made us nervous. But at least Ohio State held on and they're going to play later today. Yeah, Ohio State jumped out early. 13-0 lead to open the game. And when, when you're watching the first half there and, and they end the first period up 12, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a nice, comfortable, easy win. They're going to get back on track after losing four straight. And then here we are, you know, with they're up, you know, 12, uh, going down with the last, you know, or I'm sorry, they're up 14, you know, with three minutes to go in the game. And then all of a sudden it felt like, you know, oh my goodness, is this game going to slip away from them, which would have been, you know, a tremendous meltdown, but they held on a win is a win at the end of the day. You know, you snapped the four game losing streak. You had four of your five starters in double digits there. I think it's going to be imperative that Ohio state puts together uh, a solid game against Purdue, because as you're heading into the March madness tournament, you want to start playing some of your best basketball. Um, the not on, you know, the basketball program over the last several years is they always started well. And towards the end of the season, they started to take a step back. You, you kind of saw that, you know, this year as well. So hopefully, you know, they, they can catch their groove in the Big Ten tournament. And once March Madness really hits, uh, this team is hitting all strides. So, again, it'll be fun watching the Buckeyes later today, 2 o'clock Eastern time against Purdue in the Big Ten tournament quarterfinals. All right, we're going to talk football for the rest of the show. Spring ball starts in exactly one week, we think. No, I, I, I'm 99% sure it will. 99.9999% um, sure it will. They're taking this pause. I talked about this on Wednesday's show with Bax. I'm not worried about this at all. I mean, they, they usually take a week off before spring ball anyway. This is because they've had some extra COVID cases within the program. I'm guessing, you know, some of the freshmen that have early enrolled that were not part of everything they were doing last year, they were getting tested like uh, five times a day. A little exaggeration there. Um could be part of that i'm not worried about this at all um spring ball starting in a week are you confident everything's going to go off without a hitch next friday yeah i think is i think they're going to be able to start on time um as you mentioned it's the perfect timing because 
you know, it happened as they're heading into the traditional week off before they really uh, get rolling here. It's a little frustrating, and I understand the friend, the, the fans' frustration, frustration here when it comes to Ohio State because, you know, we're so ingrained with Ohio State football, you don't hear about other programs around the country having to pause. At least um, you don't see it on the ticker on ESPN. They felt that, you know, that was newsworthy on their part that they had to broadcast it during, you know, their ESPN shows that Ohio State had to pause. And you don't see other schools, especially the ones that we're competing on the national level with when it comes to Alabama and Clemson, Georgia, those programs having to go through the still stringent things and guidelines that the Big Ten has in place. So for for me, you know, looking from the outside in, I just hope that they can get a full spring practice, you know, season in because it's imperative. They they need to develop some of these younger guys. Kerry Combs needs a full spring to really implement his defense and try to fix all the issues that they had in the secondary so it's imperative that they, you know, gear up, get focused, and understand that the time is now because you lost last spring, and that really sets you back as far as the development with your next wave of guys as, as well as the defensive secondary. So I'm hoping my fingers are crossed. Um, but with the, with the guidelines still in place by the Big Ten, if something happens, I would not be surprised at all to see them have to do another pause if, for whatever reason, guys come back from spring break at being at home and things start to, you know, spread a little bit more than what you would hope to see. Let's get into the COVID-19 vaccine, what that means for Ohio State's football team, what that means for fans in the stands in the 2021 season. We'll get to fans in the stands in a moment. I want to focus on the actual program. I'm convinced everybody in the program, Jay Book, will be willing to get the vaccine. Do they have to get it? Absolutely not. No one's going to be forced to get it. Will they get it? I think everybody will. And I got some pushback on Twitter a few days ago, as I talked about on Wednesday's show. But I have a very good source that I trust profusely that says everybody in the program will get it. Players, coaches, everybody. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that everybody in the program is going to get the vax? Or do you think this, there's some, you know, it's it's a divisive uh subject to some people do you think everybody in the program is going to get the vax i think they are um i think a lot of people in within the program went through so much last year when it comes to dealing with covid you know you had a lot of guys who were who were incredibly frustrated with how many times they had to be tested guys having to sit out the the national championship at the last minute so i think you know, if the opportunity presents itself, which we all expect it to happen, that everybody within the program will get uh, the vaccine. And the way things are trending, I, I believe, you know, sometime this summer, majority of the people, including college students, will have the vaccine. The, the question remains after that is, what are the Big Ten protocols? If guys are asymptomatic and have the vaccine, are you still going to make them sit out, you know, two weeks, 10 days? Um, I mean, the science is constantly changing, but the fact of the matter remains is the Big Ten office, they're going to screw this up along the way somehow. Kevin Warren, I have zero faith that he will have a game plan laid out that says, hey, if you're, if, if guys have the vaccine, 
these are the next steps they'll take in order to make sure that games aren't being canceled, fans allowed back in the stands, guys are allowed to uh, mingle with their families again. Um, and then at that point, it's just going to be, you know, will these guys continue to follow Ohio State's protocol, which I have all the faith in the world that those guys will do everything they can to make sure that they get a full season in. Yeah, as far as anti-vaxxers, I'm anti-anti-vaxxers, just for <laughs> the record there. Um, what do you think this means for fans in the stands? And uh, Again, I'm confident that I'm not confident in presidents like Schlissel and other presidents in the Big Ten Conference. I'm not ca- confident in Kevin Warren, but, you know, with I, I think it might be out of their hands at that point. And, you know, they're just – if pro sports are doing it and we're already seeing it to some extent and even in the ncaa tournament we're seeing more and more fans um i don't know if it's going to be a full house or anything jay book i'm confident we're going to have fans in the stands for college football this fall how do you see that working out especially with the vaccine if you had to make a prediction now do you think we're going to start out with like half capacity you think we'll get to full capacity just kind of break that down for me i mean to me my mind frame is either you're in or you're out you know, either allow fans into um, the stadiums or or not. I mean, at this point, you look at the SEC, the Big 12, ACC, as you mentioned, the professional sports, their mind frame is we are pushing for 100% capacity. And if, if the Big 10 is not able to compete with that, that's going to be a major competitive advantage. Um, I also think that it's, it's going to come down to local legislation. Uh, if you have something that pops up in New Jersey or, or Maryland and, and they're not allowing full capacity, will the Big Ten office cap everybody? That's to be determined because this is a conference that always is looking to row the boat in the same direction. They don't allow schools um, to kind of maneuver on their own. It's all or nothing when it comes to the Big Ten presidents. Um, so if, if something happens where one school is not allowed to have full capacity, I can easily see Kevin Warren and them putting a, a, a cap at you know 40 or 50%, which to me at that point, if everybody's vaccinated, you have to move on with life. I mean, you you have to continue to push forward to get things back to normal because the reality is, Dave, a lot of these athletic departments, they're bleeding money and they're having to cut sports, uh, Olympic sports, because they can't they can't fund them. And where does where does that money come from? It comes from fans in the stands for football. It comes from, you know, the gate sales and the concession stands, all of that money that's being generated, it flows out to other athletic um, teams. And if if there's a situation where Kevin Warren and the Big Ten presidents, they're hurting the bottom line dollar again, you're going to see more Olympic sports being cut this year. These these programs desperately need that revenue. No doubt about it. Let's close the show talking some personnel, especially guys that are going to be catching the football for Ohio State next year. We talked a lot about who's the quarterback going to be. We're not going to talk about that on today's show. But one thing that we've always joked about as as Buckeye fans, Buckeye media members, ever since Ben Hartsock left in 2003, will any Buckeye tight end have a breakout season, which for a tight end at Ohio State means, will they catch 30 passes? Last time a Buckeye tight end caught 30 passes in a season was Ben Hartsock in 2003. 
Now laugh at me, my man, but I think this is the year it's going to happen with Jeremy Ruckert, especially with playing a full season. Last year, he was on pace. If they would have played a full season, he was on pace to be just under 30 receptions, but he was on pace to be over 10 touchdowns. He had five touchdowns in just eight games last year. I think with Ruck coming back, and I think they're going to do less two tight end stuff. I think it's going to be more of him being out there, Jay Book with three uh, with three wide receivers. I think Ruckert's going to get just over 30 receptions, especially if they play 14, 15 games. What do you think? At first, when you know, when we talked about this is going to be the co- topic of conversation, I was my mind said, <laughs> nope, it's no, not no, going to no. happen. We this is a yearly uh magical thing that we always discuss and talk about on the message boards and and on the podcast but when you break it down to where where Rucker was tracking if they would have played a full season it you kind of maybe take a pause and and turn the other way and I agree with you I I think he will he will be over 30 catches and the other reason I say that is when you have a young experienced quarterback if you're asking them to make their second and third reads, a lot of time that's going to that's going to develop over time. But a guy in C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller or Kyle McCord, if you have a, a big target in the middle like Jeremy Rucker, who's a quarterback friendly tight end, they're going to rely on him to move the chains. They may not ask him those quarterbacks to throw NFL type of back shoulder throws that you would ask out of Justin Fields or Dwayne Haskins early on. So where do they look? They'll look across the middle, a tight end sitting down at the change to keep the to keep the drive going. So because of, you know, the way Jeremy Rucker game is designed, because he's more of a, a wide receiver type tight end I do believe he's due for a solid season will it be something that you know would make him all big 10 or an uh, all-american at tight end I doubt it but I do think that he's going to be poised for a solid year so I you know with the with the numbers that you threw out I could see him easily you know with 40 45 catches this year yeah, and I think he's going to play in the NFL for a long time regardless. All right, last thing, speaking of guys catching the football, um, first or second-year receivers on the team this year, so the three guys remaining from the 2020 class, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Fleming, G. Scott Jr., and then th- the three true freshmen, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka uh, Ebuka, uh, and Jalen Ballard. Who's going to be the top two out of those six this year? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I just think those two, because they saw the field early on as true freshmen this past year, I think those guys are going to go into spring ball with a little bit of leg up. Is They're going to get pushed, make no mistake about it. Um, I want to see what G. Scott Jr. is going to do. Can he elevate his game to show that he can play at Ohio State, which I have no doubt in my mind that he can that wide receiver room is just so talented. I just think that um, JSN and Julian Fleming will be those guys early on to, to set the pace to make those other guys have to try to catch them. Um, and Emeka Abuka, you look at that picture that Ohio State put out of him doing tug of war during the mat drills. He is jacked up for an 18-year-old true freshman. He looked like his body is college-ready right now. And Brian Hardline, he – He's not afraid to play those younger wide receivers. If he's in the mix, I would not be surprised at all. 
Um, the one guy that everybody in the program is raving about is, is Cam Babb, you know, coming back from the multiple injuries. He's, if you look at the photos of him, he looked like he's ready to go. So a lot of people within the program think that he's due for a breakout. So fingers crossed that he can remain healthy, but you know, we can go through these names and talk about each guy and the potential Dave. And it, it puts a smile on my face because it's just, it's just something special to see this much talent in the wide receiver room because it's going to allow CJ Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord, whoever wins that job, they are going to have a bevy of weapons at their disposal. And any of those quarterbacks, they're going to be potentially poised to win the, the Big Ten quarterback of the year because at the end of the day, just get those guys the ball in space. If you can get them the football, allow their God-given talents just to take over. Yeah, Brian Hartline has his PhD in recruiting, does he not? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's he's ridiculous, man. I mean, he is absolutely ridiculous. And you look at the guys that they got coming in on deck, but Mar Marvin yeah. Harrison is another guy that uh, they really like with his size. I can't believe how big he is. Uh, it looks like from the time that they originally offered him and how much he's grown, he's he's already college ready. The always the knock on Marvin Harrison was his speed, but the way it sounds like he he is. Uh, He's ready to go, and you can't forget about Jalen Ballard. He's he's tremendously gifted, um, but there's only so many footballs to go around. But those wide receivers, boy, oh, boy, Brian Hartline has done a tremendous job stocking that room. Yeah, with Harrison, it's interesting. Like, you look at his film, you're like, man, he, he looks good. He's big. You're right. He's not a burner, but kind of reminds me of a Mike Thomas in that respect. And if you just saw his film and just saw the way he plays and just saw his size, you'd be like, this guy – he could be pretty good, you know, and then you think, oh, his dad's one of the best receivers of all time. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he he really he really could be good. Well, we know jo we know Jonah Booker is really good. Thank you very much, <laughs> Jay Book. I really appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much. And thank you very much to all the listeners out there. We really appreciate you joining us. I hope everybody has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land. <laughs>